Hi, I'm Sarah Baker. Welcome to Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas. And I want to share that with anyone I can. So follow along to laugh, cry, and be empowered. Welcome to the show. Today we have Brandy. Brandy, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. I'm so excited to be on this forum. You're doing some great work sharing a, some diverse amount of motherhood stories. So I'm glad I am getting to add to that. Yeah, well, um, I know I found you on Instagram and instantly mm-hmm. had my connection. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Um So for those of us who don't know Brandy, why don't you give us a little intro, like who you are? Yeah. um, So my name is Brandy Wells. And um, professionally, I'm a childhood family therapist. I'm licensed here in um, Ohio and I reside in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I've been doing work with children and families impacted by mental health for over a decade. Um, throughout that process, I had started to have children and now I have three daughters, uh, Kennedy, who is 12. She's almost 13. Can't believe she's going to be a teenager. Mm. Um, I have a five-year-old and I have a almost two-year-old, um, who I raised with my husband, um, who I met in college. He was a collegiate athlete and now he's an attorney and we're raising these girls while still raising ourselves, honestly. And, uh, you know, we're doing the best that we can do. And, you know, all the things that I'm teaching families and children around, I'm trying to do that within my household and um, just parent differently and consciously um, for the betterment of of our future. So that's a little bit about me um, in a nutshell, I guess. And I feel like that basically sums up why I found your page and was like, I have to have her on the show (laughs) because you were talking, you did this post um, that was about being 12 and like what 12 was for your daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And as I dug a little deeper, I just love the way you talk about parenting from like a, like a conscious point. And you actually shared mm-hmm. recently, like what that actually was. Yes. Uh, you had yes. a little video that was talking about like really what conscious parenting meant. So mm-hmm. could you share a little bit about what that is and how you implement that? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, as I was um, kind of traveling through my motherhood journey, there were things that I was doing that was pretty habitual. You know, I think we parent from a way that our parents raise us you know, that's our framework. You know, I always say like when I birthed children, it didn't come with a manuscript. Mm. I just did what was natural, but natural isn't always what's best. Mm. And I was learning and educating myself through um, my job about these things that were foreign to me. I was talking to families and children doing things that I didn't remember, you know, my mother or father doing, not because, um, they didn't care to do it, but it's because I don't think they just knew. And uh, I was like, this is pretty radical. This is, this is doing the good work. These are creating children without feeling um, 
tired and uh, frustrated and uh, burnt out of parenting. And so really parenting consciously is just thinking about what are you doing as a mother? Does it render the best results? Am I parenting from a place that is nasty, that doesn't feel good, doesn't feel good for anyone involved? And should I do something different? And so that's what I did. I was learning things and said, I want to do something different um, because this doesn't feel good to me. These natural practices that I was doing, it didn't feel it didn't feel right. And so now when raising my daughters, I have to think about what am I doing so that they can be healthy adults? Um, Because our children are so little for so they're little for such a short amount of time in retrospect, like we're raising children in a small amount of time, but they're adults for a long time. Mm. And uh, it's important as parents uh, and caregivers, we're the foundation. And so we have to really create um, better humans. That's and that starts when they're they're young, prenatal, when they're babies, really thinking about what am I doing so that they are the best humans that they can be. Yeah. So when you had, that's amazing, by the way, I'm sitting over here like (laughs) taking notes for myself. (laughs) So when you had your, your first daughter, who's now 12, how long into this motherhood journey were you like, wait a second, this is off. Or did it start when you were pregnant or before? Uh, Actually, I, when I share my story, Kennedy was like a, Kennedy was like a direct um, reflection of my education. I had her right when I um, left undergrad. And um, when I had her, that's when I began to really learn some of the material in which I share, Mm. but I didn't do it right in the beginning. You know, I was doing things that, again, just felt natural. And the more that I learned, the more I was able to give to her. And it wasn't after until, and and this is a continuation, like this doesn't stop. I'm always growing, always learning new things. And sometimes I, I go back, I go back to what feels good. That's that comfort zone, right? Like sometimes I do get triggered and I'll scream and I yell and I do things that don't feel good, but you know, um, it's, it's been a journey. She is like my, she is my, um, kind of my, uh, clay. It's through her that really kind of empowered me to be the mom that I am today. She's been my, she's almost been like my, not my practice dummy in a, in a bad way, but just a kid that I had to, to mold. Um, and so she gets to see different pieces of me. She gets to see her mom grow into who she is. I think she finds it rewarding to see that I changed, that Mm -hmm. I got better. Um, so it's, it's a continuation, it's developing, but, um, definitely, definitely, um, it's just, it's just a journey. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a really good point of like, you know, sometimes we take step backs, we take Mm -hmm. a step back. And I think that giving moms that space to do that is really important. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. Because if we continuously say like, oh, you know, don't do it like that again. Don't do it like that again. Or, or Uh we say like, that's bad. This is good. And then when we step back into that bad space, 
and we feel so low, I think it doesn't give us the momentum to step back into the space we want to be in. Right, right. Because we're so down on ourselves. And you actually posted something about positive self-talk and how like Mm -hmm. deep breaths and good positive self-talk is really important. Oh, yes. And I will tell you, I struggle with that to a max. Like that's what I'm working on right now is just being more kind to myself. Like, yes. And we get so wrapped up in it. It just, it comes like you don't even know you're doing it sometimes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, gosh, that was not very nice. Like I would never say that to my sister or to my mom or Mm -hmm. why am Mm -hmm. I saying it to me? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Taking a moment to pause. Yeah. I think we, especially as um, parents, our engine runs fast and um, you don't stop. I think that's why mindfulness is so beautiful because it really forces you to just appreciate the here and now and take moments to have like those gratitude moments where you can sit and say, I'm doing the best that I can. I did it. I accomplished this one thing. I did the, you know, just really some self-reflection. And I think we don't always have time for that because we're go, 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 go. And we're just getting through our day to get these responsibilities done instead of just appreciating what we already have done. So those moments of pause just kind of keep you in check. You know, you're able to be like, okay, stop. Let me take a deep breath. Let me do something. Let me get my, let me get my cup of coffee. Let me do whatever I need to do to get back on kilter, you know? So those things are important because when we're raising children, we can't do that if we're not our, our best self. <laughs> you just, you just, you just can't. Um, healthy parents raise healthy children. Period. Yeah. And where would, where do you think, like, an everyday mom? Obviously, your work lends you mm-hmm. to this, like, like almost like you have to seek this knowledge because you're helping mm-hmm. people in this situation. But where do you think other moms could go to find that information themselves? Um, you said, where do, can, where can parents find that information themselves? Yeah. Like, do you suggest that they go see a professional or is it something that like meditating or pause that stuff? You know, yeah. I mean, I think what would you, where you should start is always literature. You know, I think that, um, that's a great baseline. You know what I mean? Um, I think that there's some great books that can be a great starting point. Uh, one of my favorite books is The Conscious Parent, um, obviously, um, mm. and because it teaches some of those foundational practices. Um, if you think, obviously, that there's some atypical things that you're experiencing, things that are beyond your control or, or things that you really need a mediator or um, someone to say, is this, is this wrong? It's never too bad to go to a professional and see, okay, Is there more? Can I be doing more? But I think just starting at a good baseline, doing just just getting on Google, looking up things, researching things. I love articles because they're small bits of information. So I always check the source. Right. Like, is this a credible site like the Child Mind Institute, the Gottman uh, Gottman Institute, those places where they're really doing a lot of research and evidence and they have these great forums that just share tidbits of information. You take that information, adapt it to your life or, or challenge yourself to look at things differently. 
if you're still struggling and you consistently are struggling, absolutely take it to a next step. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay because then that professional can say, you know what, it's not atypical. This is very normal, but start with just absorbing information, sitting with other mothers, listening to their experiences, listening to to how things are going for them to say, am I doing this alone? Is this just is this just odd or, or are other women experiencing some of these same things? Are other parents experiencing some of, some of these same things? Yeah, I. <laughs> it's funny how many times we do stuff as parents. And oftentimes I say as moms, but I do want to make sure I cast a wider net <laughs> because there is other people involved. But yes, yes. Um, we do things and we think it's just us. And mm-hmm. so we do it in isolation. And a lot mm-hmm. of that times it's, it's, it's maybe deeper things that naturally some people just don't share out loud, which I understand right. there's a space for some of that. But even just like the basic things of like how we manage everything that we're yep. doing or yep. how we handle things or how we take deep breaths mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. we just don't share that or we don't yeah. give gain that knowledge because of the lack of sharing. I think we're so fearful that we're doing it wrong or something's wrong with us. Yeah. And let's be honest, we live in a very judgmental world. I mean, when you put yourself out there, you are giving yourself permission to have ridicule, to be um, put into a position to be bullied or to be shamed. And so a lot of that is because we fear that repercussion. I'm not going to share something of vulnerability, especially some of my toughest weak moments, because I want to show you the best pieces. Just like when we first got on the phone, you're like, I love your you know, Instagram. It's, it's such a beautiful reflection, but mm-hmm. I don't share some of the nastiest pieces um, because I, I, I fear that people don't want to hear that. But yeah. I think just like that 12-year-old um, post that I wrote, so many women <clears throat> after I posted that were like, oh my God, you went, you lifted a huge weight off my shoulder because we forget that like other people are, we're not alone. <laughs> yeah. I'm not feeling this in isolation. Like usually what I'm feeling, there's someone in this world who's feeling the exact same way or can, can relate to that. And so when I wrote that post, it was vulnerable to say, you know what, 12 is hard. I'm having such a hard time raising my teenage daughter. But there was so much beauty that came from that because so many women were like, me too. Oh my God, this is not abnormal. Um, You just have to be brave. You have to be brave enough to share yourself, but you also have to be brave enough to set boundaries that keep something sacred, sacred for you and your family. So you have to just have a great balance and knowing which is is helpful and and what needs to be to be kept to yourself you know there are some things that we we want to hold to ourselves and that's okay because we don't have to share all the pieces of us yeah no I think it's a really good point of like knowing your space knowing your true tribe your community or whatever that you want to Mm -hmm. um kind of go down those tough roads with and then you know what roads do you want to share publicly like I totally get that I think that unfortunately for me I don't know if this is for everyone else I've always had to learn that the hard way 
Like I've yeah. always had to give a little and then I'm like, oof, I do not like what you did with that. So now yeah. I'm not going to give you anymore. <laughs> and so maybe I, over time that might make people like revert into yeah. this, like, I'm not going to share anything yeah. type You're of mentality right. because it's, it's hard to find people that you trust right off the bat. Yeah. And it's you hard. have to be, you have to be okay with like the small group that gets it. Because I'll tell you, like, I share some very vulnerable moments in my life and not everyone agrees or finds a position in that because it doesn't resonate with them. But for the small bunch who do for the five to, you know, 10 people who say, girl, that, that I, I felt that, that that's enough for me. Sometimes it's not even about anyone else. It's about me. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing it for a purpose of, of trying to be relatable, but just to get it off of my chest. Um, if you find it challenging or um, you're interested in it, take it in. If not, pass by it. That's okay. That's the beauty of social media. You don't have to like it. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, have that information, but it's there for you. But really it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> and when you put the power back into your hands like that, like this is for me, I'm putting this out there because I, it means something to me. It makes the response less valuable. Yeah, I I can totally see that. I actually am like knee deep in that <laughs> right now because I um, when I edit these episodes, I have to listen to myself talk. And luckily, I don't have to do a lot of editing, but I do listen to it again just in case there's something I forgot that needed to be removed or whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it is so hard because I'm like wow well one I'm I'm not like some like master interviewer and that's why I started this <laughs> I started this because I was seeking some healing and through it I've learned I've got a lot of healing to do of things yeah. I thought I was kind of over or things I thought I had gone past and so when I listen to myself talk, I am, again, it's that, like, negative talk of what's yeah. happening. And yeah. I just have to keep reminding myself, like, this is not for me. Like, this, I'm not, I am doing <laughs> this for me from a healing yeah. of my own. But this is for my son. This is for the women I, you know, have on. This is for the women that hear it and are changed and feel like they're a part of a community. And yeah. so I have to keep reminding myself, like, okay, it's okay. Yeah. luckily I'm not to a place where people give me bad feedback but god forbid if my like you know someone picks up the podcast from yeah. you know who knows where and it starts to go down that way I always I'm very hesitant towards that I don't want yeah. because I'm nervous of that response of yeah. that like yeah. these women are being vulnerable I'm being vulnerable and then it's like oof, ouch if somebody wants to come in and try to squash that yeah and we are our own worst critics like, we think the worst of ourselves. I don't think people care that much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that we have a certain, um, we hold ourselves at such high prestige and we almost just get in our heads. We get in our own way. And so that takes practice, like stopping yourself, like physically or just mentally stopping yourself from saying those things that keep you hindered. I think those things almost do that to keep us hindered, to make us not be able to stretch ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we often tell ourselves things because we are, 
we're putting that self-doubt and fear in ourselves when really it's when you take yourself beyond that, you push past that is when you really find out how much you can accomplish. If you would have kept yourself from not starting a podcast, if you would have told yourself, my voice sounds like this, these things people don't want to hear, then we wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to connect. You had to stretch yourself. You had to say, okay, I have to just put myself out there. Um, and then what comes for that is beauty. Like you, you get to see like, okay, I, I can do this. Like, okay. My voice may sound like that to me, but people want to hear it and it feels good before, because then you get to do the next big thing, the next big challenge. Mm. So man, I'm in for like a coaching session tonight. I like this. <laughs> That's what I do. That's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I'm, I am here for this. That's, uh, I love it. Thank you. You're, You're right, though. It is that. And and I think that, I mean, we could go on for hours about how women are raised and, yeah. you know, wh- what those self-doubts actually mean and where they come yeah. from. And you posted something, again, on your Instagram today about, like, how we are the product of our parents. And so we yeah. have to remember that there are things about us that mm-hmm. are either self-taught or yeah created in the womb whatever and so we have we have to face that we can't just push Mm -hmm. that aside and act like that didn't get passed to us it is passed to us so how do we overcome that and so it's so many things uh, all of it and it's it just says a lot of self-work I guess it is go down that path (laughs) yeah you got to be a a chain a chain seeker a cycle breaker um you just got to want more for yourself. You got to, you know, me wanting more for myself came in conjunction of me birthing children because I was like, they're pushing me to want the best for myself because mm-hmm. I really want the best for them. And I can't really want the best for my children if I don't want the best for myself. Yeah. <laughs> like that I have to model what I want for them. And a lot of that is self-love and um, self-esteem. And I didn't have that. And so they forced me to do that because they're looking at me like, show me how to do it, mom. How am I supposed to love myself? How am I supposed to, you know, hold myself um, up there? And I, and I had to do it. I had to show them. And it's been beautiful because I feel so much better now because I am investing in me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, and and it, it, it reaps such positive consequences. Yeah. So good. I, 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 thank you again, really. I mean, for anybody who's not following you, <laughs> I feel like they're doing themselves a disservice because every time I pull up my Instagram and you're on there, I'm like, oh, what does she got to say today? Like, <laughs> I got to start thinking about Man, this. I, I like to post things that are so most interesting to me. Like when I'm posting those things and people are in shock or just are like, so like surprised or challenged or it's it's thought provoking I'm right there with you like Mm. oh my god I saw this piece of information I have to share this I'm such an information giver I can't sit with things for myself it's like if I'm not sharing this what's what's it for like if I can't give you this information I don't I don't want to be great by myself I don't, I don't want to do motherhood by myself. I don't, I don't want to go through these hurdles and these successes by myself. I want to go with, I want to go with you. I want you to be beside me. I want you to be winning with me because we are so much stronger when we're together. We we just are. 
Yeah, for sure. Agreed. And I was, you know, reading something the other day about, or no, I wasn't reading anything. It was on, uh, <laughs> where did I see that? Oh, the Super Bowl commercials. Jeez, yeah. my brain. Um, mom life right there. I can't even think of it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but it was talking about how there was like space for all of us, women mm -hmm. primarily, and I do think that's a really crucial thing for motherhood is like there is space for all moms to do motherhood how they do it. And yes. it's okay to do that, but like, let's do it together. Like just because yeah. you maybe over sanitize and I never wash hands because whatever the reasons, it doesn't yeah. matter. Or if you're yeah. organic and I'm not, or you play outside and I don't like whatever it is, like, let's just do it together and be okay with the differences because we don't want to do that alone. We're not supposed to. No. And I think like there's this natural competitiveness amongst women. And I'm not always going to blame that on like an individual woman. I think that's rooted in a selective amount of opportunities being given to women. Yes. I think that, because we don't, we're always in a position where there's not a majority of women in things that we feel like we have to be better than the next because there's only one spot anyway. You know what I mean? Kind of attitude. Yeah. And so now I think this is getting better um, as far as sisterhood because what women are discovering is that we are stronger together, we can build together. When we build together, things flourish because women are the best. <laughs> like, yeah. we can do it. And we don't have to feel like there only has to be one of us. There's room enough for all of us because we all do have those individual stories. No story is alike. What you have to share to your community is so different from what I have to share. And there may be overlap, yeah. but we say it in different having different points or different viewpoints. I'm different from you. We all come with our different experiences, backgrounds that make us who we are. And so we all have something to share and no one can take that from you. Like yeah. no one can take your destiny from you. Yeah. So it's, it's beautiful when we can connect and feed off of one another um, because great things happen. Great things happen. Agreed. And I'll tell you, when I started this journey, <clears throat> anytime I would pull up Instagram or Apple Podcasts and it would be like this mom podcaster or this mom podcaster. And I think, gosh, there's kind of a lot of them. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't do this. Like mm -hmm. maybe she's, you know, this one's already telling stories and this one's already doing something for moms. And mm -hmm. then as I listened to him, I was like, but wait a second, like the people I interview have never been on a podcast before. So there's so right. many more stories to tell and like, let's give space for everyone to do that. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. matter who's doing it or how many people, like, I guess mm -hmm. it kind of goes back to your other comment before about how you got to do it for you. And so yes. if you're doing it for you, it doesn't matter how many more people are doing it or what's the percentage of successful this. And I do think yeah. it's ingrained in us. And I think your comment about, um, just there being lack of space for women as we've entered into this world, whether it be in sports or whether it be in your yes. career, mm -hmm. all these places, it, it does. It makes us fight for that one spot. That's yeah. There's only one usually. 
Yeah, yeah, there is. But there's beauty in connection. And um, I think now that we have platforms like Instagram and Facebook and all the other um, social medias, it shows us the power in connection. Um, you know, and there's so many people in this world. There are so many humans to think that every human is only going to be selected for a certain person. Like your story can hit thousands of people and there's still thousands of people waiting to hear different messages. Like when I talk to people, um, you know, there's a lot of mental health forums online, especially with mental health being just such a hot topic. You know, I think it's just, everybody is just interested in it and it's just very engaging conversations and I start sharing my story and I'm talking to people from different countries and across the world. And I'm thinking there's so many connections to be made. Like there's so many of us that are walking on this earth. Someone wants to hear you. A group of people probably want to hear you. Um, and again, what's for you is for you. No one can take mm-hmm. that away from you. Yeah. No one can take what is out there that is for you and in your plan, they can't, that it's, it's not something that can be grabbed. It it is, it belongs to you. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, I am, I'm feeling on cloud nine right now, Brandy. This That's is how like, I want you to feel. This is, this is <laughs> what I needed. Okay. Let's, um, I, I do want to transition this into the, the 12 post. Yes. Because I thought what you wrote was so beautiful and I can pull it up if you want me to reread it, but I, just walk us through like in your words, like what is 12? Like, what are you experiencing? What are you anxious about? Yeah. So I was online and, um, I think I was looking up, uh, and this is pretty funny because I'm a therapist, but I really feel like when you're parenting your own children, my therapist hat goes off and it's like, it's a different, uh, it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was online and I was just researching like best practices for um, parenting teenagers. And I had ran across this article and the mom was sharing how um, 12 was difficult. and she had shared how hard it was for her and I seen her words and I was so inspired by them um, because it made me realize that 12 year olds are special because it's just such a transitional period for children Mm -hmm. you know when we think about children I think about them in a very developmental way and so I think about infants toddlers preschoolers, school age, middle school, and then young adults. And when I think about middle school age children, young adolescents, I think about how much change is going. They're not so little anymore. And they're really trying to find out who they are in the world before they become young adults. And especially with me, you know, I have daughters. So she, you know, her menstrual cycle and her mood and Mm -hmm discovering who she was and pushing me away and, you know, friendships and social life and phones and tech and these, all these things. And I try to really just sum up what, 
what is 12? And then I thought, what was 12 for me? Because sometimes I'm like, is my child just crazy? Like, is she is she just crazy? <laughs> and then I sit back and I think, oh, my God, who was I at 12? That was me. It was a different take. Yeah. But a lot of her storyline was the same as mine. I did a lot of rebellious things, you know, pushing my parents, pushing my mother away, attitude, dramatic, like just that over the top laughter, wanting to be on my own sometimes, thinking I had it all figured out. That was me. And so I said, let me share that because when I, I don't know a lot of teenage moms, but I can't be the only one knowing that 12 feels different. 12 is so different. Um, and 12 was different for so many people (laughs) because everyone was like, oh my God, 12 is different. And Mm. I thought this, this is, this has to be a transitional piece for them. They are literally shifting and their bodies, their, their mind, bodies, and spirits are literally going through a, through a change. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the other side though. Like I feel (laughs) like I'm in the thick of it. And we're swimming, 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 but I can't wait to see what's on the other side when the storms come, when she returns, all the things that she's been working on feel better for her when she has figured it out a little bit, Um, because I know it's going to be good, which is why I'm really trying to be patient during this process, mm. trying to really check myself and how I react and how I'm bringing attention to things and make, you know, providing her with support and um, and, and putting her in safe spaces, um, because I know that work is going to be so necessary for the for the afterwards. Like, I'm so excited to see where she takes off. Do you um, think it'll be when she's 13 or do you think it'll be longer <laughs> than that? Or when are you anticipating a, a calm? Well, you know what? I don't know when the calm is, you know, I, you would ask my mom and she probably still feels like I'm still <laughs> <laughs> going through it. But um, I don't think we ever stop being parents. I think I'm always going to parent her. I think I'm always going to worry for her. I'm always going to want more for her. Um, there's going to be moments. I think parenthood has its ebbs and flows. I think that there's very high moments. There's still moments in her life now where I'm very proud. Like I know her core is good. She's a great person. Um, There's moments I'm watching her if it's on the volleyball court or she's surrounded by friends or she's on the phone and she says something that is um, showing her leadership and kindness. I get those sparks of joy. um, And I know that the work that I'm doing is working. Um, And then there's really low moments where we are um, not our best selves and things are difficult. But I try to take, again, like you said, those moments of pause and gratitude to say that yesterday she showed me a moment of joy. Mm. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to hold on to that because I know it's there. And those things carry me through. They let me know that there is light. There's not always going to be it, it. Our kids make mistakes constantly. That's part of growing. Um, that has to just become part of the process. Yeah. So I'm not looking for like a specific endpoint. I'm just I'm just going to grab on to the highs and be riding out the lows. Mm. So 
I think that's so good. You know, when I, um, I don't know if you know, but when I started this journey, I had, um, when I became a mom, I experienced postpartum depression. And it's funny Mm. because when you're, that part's not funny. Let me be very clear. When you become pregnant, people give you all the tips, all the advice, all the, Oh oh, the terrible twos and oh this and oh that. And then I just feel like I never really heard about postpartum depression. I remember yeah. got a, I got a pamphlet when I left the hospital about mm-hmm. it, and that was really it. Um, and so I thought it was just me. Like, I thought, oh, mm. I'm, I'm not cut out for this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And as over time, I started to learn, oh, no, motherhood's just hard. And yeah. that was a storm I had to pass through. And honestly, like I said earlier in this episode, I – I'm still doing a lot of healing from that because it was really dark and Mm -hmm. there's things that when I'm in conversation with moms that they say and I get triggered and I think, okay, that's not them. That's me. That's Mm because that was the experience I had and I have to pull myself back. Um, So this journey for sure has brought me a lot of healing with that. But the one question I've continuously had is like, what are the other equivalents of these like storms you have to pass through as a mom? So there's like the newborn storm, right? And then there's the, Mm -hmm. they say the twos and the threes are really hard. And then I feel like after that, there's not really a lot of discussion about these like quote unquote storms or these Mm -hmm. transitions or seasons to go through. It kind of just like Mm -hmm. all blends together. Yeah. So I think you taking some time to articulate that is so important because for me, for me specifically, as I will have a 12 year old at some point, yeah. at least knowing that, okay, I gotta, I really gotta prepare myself now for these bigger things ahead that absolutely can be really detrimental if you're not ready for it. If you're not yeah. in it being like, okay, I'm, you know, here I come armed with whatever it is, good self-talk information, yep. self-healing yep. Because I wish I would have known all of this going into motherhood. Like, I don't know what my experience could have been like if I would have had prepared myself better for uh, this potential postpartum depression yeah. and been able to arm myself with information and, a, and community and, and just understanding that this was going to happen. Yeah. Like, what else can we prepare for? Yeah. I mean, postpartum de- uh, depression, <clears throat> I think even when you're trying to be best prepared for that, um, when you're experiencing it, um, even the best equipped people don't feel ready to go through that storm because it hits you and it is so abnormal and it literally stops you in your tracks and it makes you feel dark. Mm -hmm. And it's in a time where you're really trying to feel light and mm-hmm. so it is tough. Um, some storms we go through, we just got to go through it without knowing the things we just experiencing. We just experience it. And uh, there's nothing that can really get you prepared for that other than just going through it and knowing that um, you can get through it. Um, I had a miscarriage mm-hmm. and I think I felt similar to you in a way that like I didn't really hear people talking about that it was one of those like I don't think that's ever going to happen to me I had two children um why would I have a miscarriage kind of um 
ordeal. And um, when I had my miscarriage, I felt so alone because I hadn't really heard those stories. Yeah. Um, I had shared when I'm going through that process, a story of my miscarriage. And again, um, that vulnerability allowed for other women to share how dark they have felt. Um, in those moments and didn't feel like that was normal and didn't think that they should process that. Um, again, I think that's our, con- our um, some of our secrecy. I think that those are cliche topics that women aren't always brave enough to share because they mm-hmm. show the weaker parts of us. Mm-hmm. And we as women are always trying to be strong and hold it together and we can do all the things mm-hmm. and we can persevere and like, but it's not. It's a lot of ugliness. It's a lot of crying in the bathroom on the toilet. It's a lot of, you know, not wanting to get out of bed. It's a not. It's a lot of. I don't feel like parenting right now, and I don't know if I love my kid. And it's a lot of moments that are hard. Um, and so I think the more we can share that, we can we can equip parents with knowing that first of all, it's not not normal. Um, and that you can get through it. There's, there's, there's light. It, it doesn't, it's, you're going to constantly be in recovery um, because that, that was a natural piece of you, but um, there is light at the end. As far as just mm-hmm. preparing for other parts of childhood, you know, I used to say, I, I thought that, you know, what we consider the terrible twos, I don't like to call them that. But, <laughs> um <laughs> I thought that was the hardest moment in parenting. Like, there can't be anything more harder than that. And then I got to um, my preteen, and I was like, no, this is hard. This is <laughs> tough. Um, because you're really, really trying to cultivate young adults. You're really, you can really see them transforming into um, future people, like future humans. And so, this has been the toughest for me. But what I will say is that the more um, habitual you can be in your practices as they are young, the more groundwork you do, the more foundational work you do that first five years of life, when you are at 12, you will feel more prepared to do the work because you've been practicing. It's mm-hmm. now a habit. Me having positive self-talk is now a habit. I just do it. Me taking a pause is now a habit. I just know how to do it. Um, if you start something when they're 12, that can be hard to get used to. But if you start something when your child is two, then when your child is 12, you feel like I, I can do some of the things that I've been practicing. So I think the more we try to to do the work in the beginning, the easier um, it is when they're older, but you still have those moments that you're going to have to, I mean, reality is nothing prepares you for reality, but reality. So um, sometimes you just got to tough through it. You got to get through it and you're going to be low and you're going to have low Mm -hmm. uh, moments. Um, But again, having moments of gratitude, having moments where you're like, you know what? I got through the terrible twos. I got through meltdowns. My kid, you know, doing this and that. I know that I can get through something else. I know I there's light at the end of this. Well, I will say the one thing about becoming a mom that I have learned is that moms are really strong. Yes. I didn't learn 
like how I did learn how strong I was through community, but mm. through just like getting to know mom's stories. I mean, the things that moms go through to become moms, go through after their moms, and then they just uh. they just walk around and wear this crown of motherhood like it's super yep. easy and I realize it's not that it is easy it's just that they're really strong they're just tough they yeah. can get through yeah. it and so yeah. I have to remember I'm one of them too and I can get yeah. through it I can yeah, do it you, we are strong and we are and it's okay to sometimes be weak and I think that's what's hard because we are t we are raised to have this armor um but and so when we do have moments of weakness, it's so hard on us because we're never taught that it's OK also to be weak. It's mm -hmm. OK to be to feel sad. It's OK to not be your best. That yeah. that is normal in life, in, in every human's life. We have highs and we have lows. And so we are only strong if we experience weak moments. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's okay. There is beauty in pain. There is beauty in the vulnerable, most, um, you know, intimate moments of ourselves. There, there is beauty in that. Yeah. And I would say, you know, vulnerability is a strength. And so when yes. you can, when you can feel weak and when you can feel the hardship and you can share and be honest about that, to me, I feel like that's, that's already a step in recovery and whatever tragedy or, you know, grief that you're walking through because yeah. you can be so strong to share that. Yeah. And I think everybody process is different. I think yeah. me being vulnerable or women like you being brave enough to share um, some of those vulnerable, pe vulnerable pieces is how we process and how we, um, how we find strength. I think some women, if they journal, if they write, if they dance, if they um, do things that are alternative to their expression and the way they process, that's beauty too. Yeah. Um, everybody doesn't have to be someone who shares, um, but it's your responsibility to do the healing in the way that fits you. Yeah. Um, and and that's and that's cool. Um, so I, I respect even women who are just showing up and going to work out or, you know, hanging out with friends or doing things that make them feel, feel good. Yeah. Um, well, and so. I think that's a good clarification of like being vulnerable and sharing doesn't mean you're, mm -hmm. you host a podcast or you yep. become an influencer on Instagram. Like that's not, that's not vulnerability. That's a place for vulnerability to be alive. Yeah. But being vulnerable is like what you're saying, like writing it down, being honest with yourself. Like, this is hard for me. I need to get yes. through this. I need to work on this. I need to get past yes. this. Like vulnerability doesn't have to be a platform. Vulnerability is just, yeah. an, just an action that you take with yourself of yeah, realizing, yourself. Yeah, yeah, like this is hard. I'm going to go through this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like a self-awakening. I call those moments like when you're able to just, it is so hard to sit with yourself, especially like the ugly pieces of you, like mm -hmm. if you just, it's, it's just hard to sit in silence and really look internally because we're just so used to external and like 
feeding other people's needs and wants. And it's rare that we just sit with our needs and wants. Mm -hmm. And so um, it does take vulnerability. It takes you um, doing things that are different and maybe you didn't witness. You know, I remember, you know, not seeing my mother and maybe she did, but she didn't share with me being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but I knew that that would be a release for me that I had to change that because I want my daughters to also find strength in being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so really showing them too, like what, what does that look like when I don't feel my best self? Mom sometimes needs to take a time out. Sometimes mom needs to go and do the things that help me feel good. Just like mm-hmm. you guys do. Um, so that they can also live with those those practices and know that 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 is normal and and you should do that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think I know there's like a big plug right now about self-care and yes. all of that, but I mean really instead of making it a hashtag, we got to take that seriously and uh-huh. know that it's okay to like ask for help and to tap out and I mean, I can't tell you how many times and I, I say this and I still do it where I'm exhausted. There's like a load of laundry to be switched over. I'm in the middle of making dinner. I can barely like think about singing the 10 bedtime songs to my son. Like all this stuff is happening and I could just easily be like, you know what? I need help. I need a break. I need whatever. And instead I like persevere as like, Look at me, I can do all the things. And it's like, okay, well, it's not a badge of honor to wear when you're tired and you're frustrated and you're taking that out on your two-year-old who wants the 10 bedtime songs, you know? It's like, be open and honest to say, I need help, I need a break so that you can show up better for your babies or show up better for yourself and for your partner or whatever it is that, you know, you're trying to show up for in your life. That's right. You got it. I mean, I love the self-care hashtag. I love that people are valuing themselves and doing something. But I think there's a clear um, distinction between self-care and self-love. Because if you love yourself and you want the best for yourself, then you're going to ensure that self-care is in your routine. Because you can do things like go get your nails done, go get your hair done, um, go shopping, go on trips. But those things aren't fulfilling you Mm. um, because you're just replacing. You're just, you know, trying to search for moments um, when really the beauty is in the realizing just how much you value yourself. Because if I value myself and I want the best for me then that's going to come with me, you know, eating well, working out, doing things that make me that I want to do because I love me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so self-love creates moments for self-care. I think it's a great way to look at that. I love that. Okay. Well, I'm stealing that because I think that that's, (laughs) Well, I think it's like the best way I've heard it because I was just talking with a mom the other day about um, kind of like romanticizing self-care. Like it, yes. it usually is like a spa trip, this, mm-hmm. this. And sometimes that isn't what actually 
like rejuvenates you and makes you yeah. a better mom. And the whole point is to get time to yourself so you can show up better. Like that's, yeah. I guess to me, what, what I want self-care to be. I want to feel like I can do all the things and not feel so drained Yeah, and be able yeah. to show up for yourself in a way of being like, okay, well now I need another break and I need another, you know? And so yeah. I think your point of like loving yourself because you want the best for yourself. So you want to be the best mom and the best partner mm -hmm. and to do those things, you got to love yourself and that can look different yeah. to every mom. Yeah. You can't pour from an empty cup and you can put these things in place and get your, you know, have your spa day and then come back to home and hate it still. You know, you can go and do the things that are self, what you consider self-care practices, but still not feel good. Mm. Um, what are you really doing to feed your inner self um, more than just task and habits? Habits start routines, but habits don't create um, moments of true healing because you're not connecting to the most intricate parts of yourself. And so, um, you know, it makes every person around you better knowing when you love yourself, you're able to give your best to everyone, not your children, but your coworkers, your spouse, people who are engaging with you. When you know that you're in a good place, you're able to do the best for everyone around you. Yeah. I, I think it's so good. You got to love yourself. Self-love. Self-love. Yes, self equals self-care. Yes. The more self-love, the more you'll be doing self-care and the better off everyone will be. So good. Brandy, I feel so lucky, not only that I got to sit with you, but now that I just know you exist. Oh, my gosh. get to have my another Insta friend. I love it. Oh, no. It is such a beautiful thing, connecting to like-minded um, women through just this phone. I think it is so magical. I think that these connections we would have made in ancient days when we didn't have these gadgets but it is so beautiful when you can talk to women and connect with them and you haven't even physically saw them but we're like we're basically like cousins now yeah I love it <laughs> I love it I'm with it I'm here for it <laughs> All right. well Brandy before you go there is one last question I ask all my guests which is uh -huh. I know you've shared a lot of wisdom which I hope everyone was taking notes because I was. Um, what is one piece of advice that you would want to give to all the mamas out there? Okay. I think this is my mantra and what I've been feeding to everyone around me. Um, I like to use, and I said this in my TED Talk um, that I did last year, but um, it's a metaphor. And it's when you're on an airplane, and they say practice um, for a situation that is an emergency. Before you put the oxygen mask on your child, you put it on yourself first. And so before you try to rescue and raise and grow and nourish another human, you first have to save yourself. 
Brandy, can we just be <sighs> best friends? Can you just move to Washington <laughs> yeah, so we can yes. be together? I'm not going to move towards you. You got to come towards me. <laughs> I like my comfy I'll little. Come. When I am in Washington, I'm going to reach out to you. And until then, we will be instant buddies and I'll be sliding in your DMs. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, Brandy, honestly, I can't thank you enough. Thank um, you for having me. Of course. Anytime. Come back anytime. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Now, if you're hooked, you can subscribe to this podcast, follow along on social media at The Mama Stories, or visit the website, mamastories.com. And mamas, I love you. <laughs>